Thank you, team. Empty-handed but alive in you. Wow, that's quite a phrase in that song, isn't it? Um, it's a great morning for you to be here. Uh, one, like, how many of you rode bikes? Oh, thank, thanks to all of you who did. Like, how many rode, like, more than 10 miles? Larry, come to the altar. <laughs> there you go. Oh, it was one-tenth. I'm sorry. It was one-tenth. Five miles. There we go. Yeah. Thank you all for riding whoever did, whoever could. I know it doesn't work for everyone. It's a great morning. Uh, We're beginning a new series. What can we learn from the life of Elijah? And um, it's an Old Testament series. We're going to be in the books of, uh, like, in 1 Kings 17, 18, and 19. 1 Kings is between the book of Samuel and Chronicles, if you're looking for it. Uh, Old Testament book. Uh, I think there's going to be some great things for us. And I think the introduction in music this morning sets the stage uh, for, and, and what, um, what was shared about us being refined by the potter and remade and reshaped. I believe this series is going to help us uh, kind of connect with that. Um, Elijah was a person that God was preparing for service, and so he wanted to have him get away so he could kind of step back from his normal routine uh, and just be centered on who God is and to have greater dependence on God. And, uh, and then he's going to have some amazing kind of ways that God shows up to celebrate, and he's also going to find himself in incredible discouragement. But in the end of our, our series, we're going to find that uh, Elijah realized full on, I was not put here to do life alone. And so that's kind of the nutshell of the next uh, three weeks after this morning. So I'm glad you're here. What do we know about Elijah? He was a rugged outdoors person. Um, and uh, he's a person that liked and could read nature. Uh, he knew about nature. He could understand uh, his perspective come from the, from the outdoors. We'll find next week that he was pretty fast on his feet. Uh, and you'll have to read the story in 1 Kings 18 to find out about that. <clears throat> and, uh, and he also uh, found himself hiding in a cave. And, uh, and so... Um, we, we want to step into, and this morning I, I just hope and pray that you and I can find a place in the story that you can say, you know what, that's me, that's me, because that's ultimately why we're here, is what does God have for you and I, how does God want to speak to us this morning, we're using the old stories of God in the Bible story that are uh, ancient words but ever true. Changing you and changing us all along the way. And that's why we're here this morning. And so in this story, I pray that you can kind of put yourself in the story with uh, Elijah this morning. <clears throat> so it, he's, Elijah comes on the scene after 19 consecutive evil kings for Israel. And these evil kings had taken Israel toward the worship of idols and other gods, and none was so uh, much in that vein as King Ahab, who will have the story be kind of around him. And uh, he had married the wife Jezebel. We know, you know, we think of the wicked person or queen, we think Jezebel. And she took him away from the one true God, and he began to worship. Oh, we can worship all kinds of gods. Come on. They're all the same. 
But in the temples where they worshipped these other gods, the presence of the true God was not there. When you have some real sadistic things that happened, child sacrifices, temple prostitutes, that's horrible. And so Elijah comes into this scene to call people back, say, come on, that is not the God who created you as a people, Israel. This is not how he called you to live. And he's not very well liked for that, nor had been the prophets before him. And so uh, when you've, if, we, if, you're, if your Bible's open to 1 Kings 17, if you look at, look at 1 Kings 16, verse 30, it says this, King Ahab did more evil in the eyes of the Lord than any before him. That's a statement of King Ahab and his, t- and, and his personality. He was centered on doing whatever, whatever felt good in the moment. And that's kind of the way life had been. Um, and in the midst of that, God said, enough, Elijah, enough. See, God could have called all, done all kinds of things to stop this craziness. But God calls individual people, the story of God. And in our story today, he calls a single man, Elijah, to some things to prepare him to do some, takes him from like, uh, well, Elijah, I'm, 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 I'm coming after you. I want to do some things with Elijah so I can do some things in, so in Elijah because I have some things I want to do through Elijah, even greater things. Um, but when we think about people in our own history who were individuals that made a difference, Rosa Parks would not give up her seat for a white person on the bus in Montgomery, Alabama in the middle of the civil rights era. Abraham Lincoln at the end of the Civil War he pens these words, with malice toward none, with charity for all, uh, as God gives us what is right, let us bind up our nation's wounds. Or it could be one of you teenagers, or it could be one of us adults who says, I'm going to stand up against alcohol. Or if we're in a high school setting and in the school setting, we somehow feel like it's more prominent there, but I'm not sure it is. I'm going to stand for sexual purity. Or maybe if you're a business person, I'm going to be absolutely honest and have high integrity. I don't care. I don't care if if I have to take the hit for something, I'll take it rather than not hold high integrity. Maybe that's it. Or maybe it's somebody like our own. Maybe it's Cindy who's saying, you know what? I'm going to step out as a, single, as, a, as a person called by God, and I'm going to change where I'm at and trade that for where I think God might be leading me to the God-forsaken place in the mountains of Colorado. Oh, my goodness. Suffer there. Yeah. But to have opportunity to work with some of the teenagers there, uh, I, it's, it's awesome. So, uh, in the midst of all of this, God was shaping Elijah. He was preparing him for service. And uh, um, we're always preparing for things, aren't we? Those of you that have, gradu- have graduates, uh, whether it's middle school, high school, college, or wherever you're graduating from, it's like, uh, wow, I've finished something. And to finish something, you've had to put some really high energy and be self-motivated to finish something to get prepared for what's next, right? But sometimes that's not always clear, but it takes preparation. And nobody else can do that for you. I can't write your assignments, nor can your parents, or at least they're not supposed to. Yeah, we have a daughter-in-law that's running a marathon in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania this morning. And it's, it's not flat there. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, Shiloh and her and Kennedy run in a 5K just the other evening here in town. Preparation for that. Uh, they prepared for that. They just didn't wake up and go, oh, let's just go do that. Maybe they could have, but most of us, most of us can't. Uh, so training, we all prepare for things. And guess what? Our life in Christ is in preparation for God, what God wants us to do in our lives here and now to represent him well and to get prepared for what the bonus is in eternity in heaven. So God prepared Elijah first in isolation. 1 Kings 17, 1 to 3. Follow along. Now Elijah the Tishbite came from Tishba in Gilead. And he said to Ahab the king, As the Lord God of Israel lives, who I serve, there will be neither dew nor rain in the next few years except at my word. Hmm. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah. Leave here, Elijah. Turn east. Hide in the Kareth ravine east of, Jor- east of Jordan. So the instructions, first on, is that God is calling, he's calling Elijah to some specific things. Um, so th- there's been a drought. Th- there's going to be a drought, and there's not going to be any rain in already an arid kind of climate where if there's no rain, they don't have food. And so it's always inter- it's kind of interesting because the Baal worshipers and the, uh, of, of Jezebel and other nations was like, oh, we have a God of rain. And Elijah go- I can hear Elijah going like, yeah, it's not going to rain. not going to be due for years. Go beat on your God of rain. See what happens. Not so much. And so, I, I, so uh, there, it didn't rain, and it was going to dry up. It was going to have a big impact on the agrarian kind of culture that, that they were in. It, we've talked about economic slowdowns. This would have been an economic shutdown because of, it was an agrarian society, and so everything was kind of wound around that. We would, there would, the gas stations for your camels would be closed, and there would have been a, you know, an unemployment rate of 40, 50, 60%. It would be horrible. Leave here then, he tells Elijah, and go east, and I'm going to hide you in a place called Kareth Ravine. The word Kareth, can you say it? Kareth. It means a deep cut. You know, it's a ravine. But it also has this thing about uh, a cutting away or a separation of. It's separated two kind of almost bodies of land by this deep ravine. And so God was taking Elijah to this place because there was going to be water there for him in the middle of this drought. And, uh, and so he takes him there east of Jordan. Wow. Uh, one of the things that um, God wanted Elijah to learn in this isolated time away was that, Elijah, I will care for you. I will take care of you. Sometimes before God takes us to the next thing he has for us, he wants us to step back and get alone with him. Howard, I don't have time for that. I mean, I've got my appointments on my little glowing rectangle. I, I don't have time to slow down. I'm going really fast. Yeah, I understand that because I have a tendency to live life like that really fast. And sometimes I get out there and run till I'm out of gas. And then I, when I do stop and finally slow down and let my body catch up with my soul, 
I realized, Howard, why are you running so fast? The Holy Spirit has got his tongue hanging out, trying to keep up. That's craziness. So the question is, where is this isolated or quiet place where you can best hear from the Lord? Where is that for you? Have you been there this week? Are you going there in the week ahead? I think that's why God called, no, I believe with all my heart, that's why God called Elijah to this isolated place. Again, because he wanted time with Elijah to work in Elijah because he wanted to do more through him. And again, if you're breathing air and believe there's a God that created you and has a purpose in your life, there's more that God has for you than what we can probably even ask or imagine. I don't think we've engaged. I haven't. Perhaps all that God has for me and for us. Yeah. Where is that place? Well, this was a secluded place. This was away from everything. So God prepared him and took Elijah to this place, to the second point in the outline, uh, for, because he, he was preparing him through dependence, complete dependence on God. And we'll read the verses and, you'll, and we'll see why. It even gets a little humorous as well. Okay, Elijah, you will drink from the brook. I've directed the ravens to supply you with food there. So he did what the Lord had told him. Elijah went to the Kareth Ravine east of Jordan, and he stayed there. The ravens brought uh, bread and meat to him in the morning and bread to meet him in the evening, and he drank from the brook. <clears throat> There's a couple things in, this, in these verses that are, that are craziness for Elijah, okay? And, and the, kind of the first is, it's like, so I'm used to, I'm pretty self-sufficient, Elijah's saying. So I have to depend on God for, for just water. And water is the thing that keeps us most alive. Our bodies are most high, highest percentage is water. So without water, we're not going to make it. And I'm going to have to depend on God and drink out of this little old, ugly brook. I went downtown and I get water out of this thing. Come on. Yeah. And then I'm going to have to, God's going to send food to me with like raven air service. Come on. I'm a Jew, and we don't have anything to do with ravens. They're scavengers. They're unclean animals, Elijah is saying. And they're going to go scavenge behind Dylan's and bring me meat and bread this afternoon. And tonight they're going to Pizza Hut and do the same and maybe some road stuff on the way. That was really hard. This is so we're gonna gloss over that a little bit. But this was craziness. This was a test, my friends, for how how Elijah was gonna depend on God. Really? Unclean people, these are not God's people. I'm God's people, Elijah would say. I'm I'm part of your called out nation. And these and and you're and, and then I'm supposed to yeah, start doing unclean things. The law would say you can't do that. But what am I going to eat? It's desert. There's not much else for me. Stuff is drying up. The brook's got a little water in it. I guess I'll take whatever the ravens bring. And this, my friends, was for a year. Yeah. It wasn't just like, I can do this for two days. No. It was for a year. And in that time, 
what God was cultivating in Elijah's life was absolute and total dependence on God for just the sustenance of life. He never even had Wi-Fi, by the way. Yeah, can you imagine that? Yeah, how restrictive is that? Yeah, never had a hotspot out there. There's some words in these verses too, the word there. I've directed the ravens to supply you with food there. Yeah. So Elijah went to the Kerith Ravine east of Jordan and stayed there. Yeah. And again, so the question for you and I, where is the there where God can have my greatest attention? Where is that place? For some of us, it might be, oh, Harry, it doesn't get any better than on an afternoon like yesterday or today. It's like, it's out there doing this. Drowned in worms. Yeah. Or maybe it's reading a book by yourself in the quiet. Maybe it's listening to music. Where is it that God best can speak to your heart and soul? And are you willing to go there and spend some time? I'm not sure what's next for me. I'm not sure where I'm going to go from here for sure. This is the lesson. Those were the kind of the lessons that Elijah was learning. So as, we, as you think about that, how that feels and sets in your life, where is God calling you in the next stretch of time to step back and define reality right now? Am I at the best place I can be in my relationship with God through Jesus? Yeah. And is there something I need, uh, I need to have greater dependence on God for? I want to offer a prayer here. And I want you to kind of do your own kind of inside thinking, all right? Pray with me. <clears throat> God, you wanted Elijah to learn complete dependence on you. And God, I have to confess that I try to control circumstances sometime. Or I feel like if I'm really busy, really staying busy, then that's the best I can be for you. And for that I say I'm sorry. God, I want to depend on you more. I want to comp have complete trust in you. And from your word in the Proverbs... The writer says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all ways acknowledge and submit to him and you, God, will direct our paths, my path. Wow. Amen. So God shaped Elijah in isolation. He shaped him by having to be fully dependent on him for just the sustenance of life. So it even gets crazier here as we go to the, the third part of the text today <clears throat> in uh, 1 Kings 17, 7 and 9. Sometime later the brook dried up. Oh, man. Uh, because, because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah. Go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. Hmm. I've directed a widow there to supply you with food. 
So from being called into isolation to complete dependence, now God is calling Elijah to uh, exercise some obedience here, action. Now I want you just to get up, and it's no big deal, just go to Zarephath. You know how far it was? A hundred miles. No bicycle, no motorcycle, no car, no Uber. Maybe a chariot Uber, I don't know. Come on, I'm not, I, it's three miles an hour, it's ten hours a day, that's three or four days, God. Really? And Zarephath, they're not Christian people. I, we're the Jews, we're your people, why do you send me to people that are not my people? And, really? A widow? They're really needy. And, he, and she's got a son too, come on. Can you hear the self-talk? Yeah. Wow. Elijah was learning to depend on God more than he had ever learned before by having to obey and take action and go to stuff that was really going to make him anxious. I'm going to go 100 miles away to some place I don't know and I'm supposed to go live with some people I don't want to be with. That stretches us just a little. Yeah. Hmm. Well, the brook had dried up. And the next step here to go to Zarephath was really uncertain. Where's the uncertainty for you and I, perhaps? Yeah. I graduate, and what's next? And it's kind of uncertain. Not sure about that. The brook has dried up of, of options that I can think about maybe uh, in my job, I needed more professional training to continue to move forward. Or in my business, the brook seems to be drying up. We're just holding our own. We need diversif- to diversify to stay in the marketplace. Or maybe it's my marriage, and it feels like the it's okay, Howard, but it's just kind of dry. Hmm. Yeah. And it feels unclear what might be ahead. Or to the to one Christ follower, one of us, who's, who's been a Christ follower for 10 or 40 or 60 years. And you know what? What we could say about our life? I've done it all the same. It's just been a flat line. Is that what God wants? And I'm uncertain if I open up my heart and say, God, take me to a new place that energizes my soul. Yeah. Empty-handed, I come. Yeah. We heard a little bit about a potter of refinement. Guess what? You know why clay and a pot and potters and clay is kind of a visual in the Bible? It's because clay is always pliable. When we stay in one place too long, guess what? The tendency is for it to get dry. What happens to clay when it gets dry? It's brittle. Yeah. The Holy Spirit wants to be that refining potter that continues to refine your life and mine. Wow. So the rest of the story, quickly to tell you that, he goes to this city of Zarephath where there's a widow at the edge of town picking up a few sticks. And uh, he senses that's where, Elijah senses that's where he's supposed to go. And... uh, 
would you bring me a little jar of water so can I, I can have a drink? And uh, as she's going to go get the water, I'm not sure why she went. A stranger, a Jew, just tells a lady, I'll have some water, please. It's like, get your own water. Yeah, I'll tell you what about the water. But she goes, and, she, and he says, by the way, I wouldn't mind having something to eat. And I like French bread and cinnamon bread. I'm not very picky. Um, and she goes, and she goes, but I only have like enough oil and bread for me and my son for like one more meal because of the drought. We're going to die. Here's where we see the faith of Elijah. He goes, no, if you'll go bake some bread and bring the water, bring me something to drink, there's going to be enough oil and flour until this drought's over. Guess what happened in the presence of God? He gained confidence to speak and offer the goodness of God to people. Later, as they lived together, the little boy got sick, and he died. And there's this conversation. He even goes to God and says, how could this have happened? I came here because you told me to come here. Now look what happened. But then he recognized. It's kind of like he caught himself and stepped back and said, God, that's all this widow has is this little boy. Bring him back. It's like, who gave him the confidence that it was that time at the ravine in isolation. And he spent two years then in Zarephath with a person he didn't know to start with, doing things he was way beyond what he thought he could do. But he was growing immensely in his faith. So what does it look like for you and I? Yeah. Today, how do we exercise faith in God? How do we allow in these, if we just take the three points in the outline, where's the place that God wants us to go to where we can hear Him best? And what is this next thing that God wants me to depend on Him for? And am I willing to take the next step? Guess what? God usually give us the end. Because He did, it wouldn't take any faith. He might give us, will you just take the next step? into uncertainty. And I believe in a group this size that there's some uncertainties in our lives on several levels. Maybe it's relational. Maybe it's spiritual, emotional, physical. I don't know. This morning in first service when Lowell, and we know Lowell Peachy, he's, he's been diagnosed with cancer. He's standing here at the mic in the offertory, singing the Lord's Prayer. And God over, he got overwhelmed in that, couldn't finish. And I believe it was because the presence of God was so aware, and he realized how vulnerable he is. And guess what? Each of us are equally vulnerable. So as the praise team comes up, as we close our time, we're going to sing a song about this God of sovereignty. What does that mean? This is this God of creation, the God who created the stars, the moon, and all the, all the galaxies, and the God that knows your name and gave you the breath you just took. And as we sing this song, we're going to do something kind of different. I like different. I think sometimes, uh, for Elijah, he experienced a lot of different, okay? So when we sing, I invite you to stand. I'm going to come to the center aisle.
And if any of these things you've heard from the Holy Spirit, as we have just talked in the last 20 minutes, and you sense, you know what? I want to I step out and say, God, will you meet me in this place of uncertainty? Or whatever it is, will you just step out in the aisle and join me as we sing? Yeah. Then I have a request for you all at the end this morning, okay? At the, at the, for the doxology, um, let's sing I Need Thee Every Hour as our closing. So stand as they lead us and um, just reflect in how the Holy Spirit is speaking to you today. <clears throat>